Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. Indie Game Business is recorded live on Mixer and produced by the Powell Group. Check us out at IndieGame.Business. Now, let's start the show with your hosts, Jay Powell and me, Indie. You have got to check out our Discord at discord.gg slash business. It's an amazing community of over 3,500 other industry experts. We've got developers, publishers, marketing and PR firms, investors, so, so many, so many. It's safe and supportive place to network and to talk to experts. You can learn more about the business of games or you can share what you know with others. We have exclusive workshops on perfecting your pitch deck finding a publisher, and more. Remember, it's discord.gg slash indie game business. What's up, everybody? My name is Indy, and the gentleman way over there on the other side who is so feverishly typing like a maniac. That's Mr. J. Powell from Powell Group Consulting, and welcome to Indie Game Business. Today, we have two amazing guests here. We have Ed Dill and Fedor Van Herpen. Did I say it right? Yeah? And it looks like you're muted, Fedor. Great. There, now we can hear you. <laughs> the pronunciation was meticulous, Indy. Yeah, and mine's Dilly, not Dill, but Dilly. that's okay. Okay. So that I, I, I pronounced the wrong thing incorrectly. Excellent. So welcome, you guys. Happy uh, Friday. It's Friday. No, it's Wednesday. No, Dang, it. Wednesday. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I thought it was Friday. No one knows anymore. That's the thing. Welcome to the new normal. What day is it? Hell, I don't know. It's, yeah. um, it's whatever day. But Working day. Yeah. We, we have a huge announcement. I got all dressed up. I'm actually wearing a collar today. That should, you know, signify that this is big news. Um, we are launching Game Sentinel. And it is a joint project between myself, Fedor, and Ed, three of the most connected people in the industry. And, you know, it's, it's fantastic. It's going to, it's the new platform for doing all sorts of biz dev in the industry. And unlike our digital events that, you know, are still happening, this one's live 24 7 365 days a year you don't have to wait for a, a conference in order to you know go and pitch your game to a publisher or find new outsource work it's always on so that's the that's the quick version but ed let's just start with you so what is this thing that we're building and, and why are we building this okay well you know i i've been doing this 41 years at this point okay so in that length of time, you kind of see how everybody does it. And, and it's a very, you know, if you went to a, a thousand people doing biz dev in this industry and you ask them how they do their process, you get a thousand different answers. They all end up at the same spot, but there are various degrees of efficiency or inefficiency in reaching that spot. So what this is really designed, this portal is designed to be is, it's a platform exclusively for connecting professional buyers and sellers in professional game development and publishing. Okay, we wanna have that 24 seven environment that's more efficient, convenient, and cost-effective 
than the traditional methods of doing business. Um, doesn't mean that there won't be shows in the future, but the problem with a show every time you you have a show cycle is how much lost opportunity costs and everything is entailed in that. You spend two to three weeks before the show trying to build a decent schedule. You go to the show, you know, and while you're doing that, you're 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 not doing a lot of your normal biz, not, not normal job responsibilities. Then you go to the show, you spend you're doing ten to twenty meetings a day, at you know half hour meetings. By the third or fourth day, you don't remember who you talked to on the first day. You come back from the show, you're relying on your notes. And, you know, sorry, most of us are not great note takers when we're trying to actually run a meeting. So you end up doing two to three weeks of follow-ups. Well, that's an enormous, besides the out-of-pocket cost of going to the show, that's an enormous opportunity cost. And there's just easier ways to do everything. You know, we wanted a portal where basically each of us can do our biz dev in conjunction with our regular jobs on the cycle and in the timing that we want to do and in the cadence we want to do and have the monkey work associated with it already done for us. You know, that's that's the big goal. So, you know, Game Sentinel is not just about connecting people. It's about reputation management and other things as well because we want to bring value add to the community as a whole. So I, one of the key things you just hit on right there, reputation management, because we're seeing several of these you know, types of hubs, they've been popping up for a while. Um, White Knights just released one today. The reputation management is, is key to what we're doing here. So talk a little bit more about that and how it'll work and how you know it's not gonna get scammed by, by folks as well. Sure. Well, if you go out now and you're searching for people on Google or whatever, and you're trying to find people that do different functions that you need, well, some people have paid for keyword searches. They're, they've paid for ad placements. They've done everything. So they're going to pop to the top of your, your list just because they've spent money to be there. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're the most qualified people for what you do. So we have a unique opportunity now because there's so much, if we create a platform where you can crowdsource the info, which is exactly what this is, you do a job for a buyer, the buyer, you can send a feedback form to that buyer. So if you're seller services, you know, the buyer, you send a feedback form to the buyer and, and he's going to rank you on like, quality of your deliverables, timeliness of your deliverables, quality of your communication, stuff like that, you know, meaningful feedback on a scale of one to 10. Now, when he returns that form, that feedback form, you know, and there's also a text box where he can do more of a traditional testimonial if he wants to, and those would be public, the testimonial things if you wanted to see them. The other numbers, the specifics of the numbers on a particular project are private to the buyer and seller, but our system aggregates all those things up so that over the history of a company, including your historical performance up until the time you join this, you are ranked as a provider of those services. Okay. And so then when somebody's, you know, this. And, and sorry, I have to talk a little bit about profiles at this point too, because when you're setting up your profile, 
and you're saying these are the services we sell, et cetera, you know, all of the, the detail that's in there in the checkbox form and stuff makes our search functionality very granular. So the idea when Game Sentinel launches here is that if you're a buyer looking for, you know, let's say you're an outsourcing manager and you're looking for teams that can give you fantasy art characters, okay, and and have a ranking of 75 or above and are based in Europe and have a man day rate of $250 a, a man day or less. The platform can give you that criteria. You can get that granular. So you're naturally going to be able to filter out a lot of the noise that might be coming at you otherwise and focus on just those providers that you want to, to deal with your opportunity. Likewise, if you're, let's say you're a game company that wants to pitch a project to publishers. Well, the publishers and the funding sources and everything will have identified what's their selection criteria. We're interested in these platforms. We're interested in these genres. We're interested in titles that, uh, you know, budgets of $2 million or less, for example, okay? So they've set their buyer parameters. Now you create a new project and you upload that project to, the, to be displayed on the portal. Automatically, if your project fits the parameter, it's gonna appear on the dashboard of the buyers that have said, these are the parameters I'm looking for. And when that buyer reviews that project, opens it, you're gonna get a notification that this person's actually looked at the project. Then they have an opportunity, they can request a meeting with you. You know, you have follow-up links right in your project. Here's to additional materials. So if they wanna to go to see more about the project than the project summary page, you're gonna see that they've looked at those materials. And then if they pass, you're gonna get a notification automatically that they passed and why did they pass, okay? If they wanna set a meeting with you, they can request a meeting right through the system. And we have, you know, connect you guys on Zoom or Skype or whatever the platform of choices of the buyer and off you go with your meeting. So it's really designed to bring people together to focus and not waste time. Oh, and sorry, if you're also that guy that created this project, you're gonna see there are 32 buyers that your, your project matches their profile. And, and how many of them have reviewed it? Seven, how many of them have passed? Three, it's a constantly updated dashboard and you don't have to be chasing folks to find out what's going on because when they just do their business, they don't have to take the time to do something extra to make sure you know. It's gonna be right there and available and easy for them and convenient. Make sense? Yes, well it does to me because we, we've been talking about this for questions that make sense to everybody. Sorry, else. Well, to the audience as well. I know you know Jay. <laughs> so I mean, the thing is, and this is what you know we've worked on here at the indie game business side, and, and obviously we've been working with Fedora for you know over a year now on our on our digital events. 
but one of the underlying currents of all this stuff that we do is we're trying to get, and I love the phrase monkey work. Yes. So we're trying to get the monkey work out of this. Whenever you're going and pitching your games to publishers or, you know, trying to bid for outsource work, these sorts of questions are always the first ones asked. And so we're going to help you get that out of the way up front and just go and find the people that are right for you, you know? And so, you know, using our publisher list as an example, we put that out twice a year. Everybody's in there. We do webinars on how to actually use it. This platform is going to make it so easy because you don't have to do nearly as much technical research as you just go and you click the triggers that you need. And so it's, it's, Absolutely awesome, you know. And I know I'm not going to drop too much on Fedor because I know he's had, he's had a long day and it's, and it's already evening time over in the Netherlands. But tell us real quick, Fedor, you know, why did you decide to get you know involved in this, and you know, what do you think the benefits of having you know someone like you and, and Ed and myself involved in it from the get go? What, what's the benefit of that? Yeah, well, um, so the reason why I jumped on the bandwagon um, is uh, I've seen a lot of uh, people try to do this, still trying to build it, having a hard time uh, finding people to actually pay for a service because the actual outcome is unknown. And while we were talking, we were talking about, okay, what is our specific target group? And that specific target group consists also of people who sometimes not easily can be reached. Uh, not They're not responsive on LinkedIn. When they're going to a GDC event, they're in hotel lobbies, but not partaking in any open platform, what we're normally putting up as an uh, event platform. Um, and I think that on the, the, the seller side, the pitching side, this offers you an opportunity to actually go to the right people, also uh, higher in the food chain. Uh, so you're immediately talking to the right, uh, right people here. Um, and simultaneously, this, this real focus on business development, um, moving ahead, uh, um, yeah, removing the monkey work, what is normally done in that 30-minute pitch in online event or, or whatever, the, the, the filter criteria. Um, we can remove that from the equation. And then I personally still think that... Um, events will be and will stay important, but not in the abundance that we've seen them in the uh, in the past years. Um, but now this contributes to the selection process and the ranking process and and um, uh, uh, and such. Um, and then whenever you've never met these people where you work with, you're going to see them in person at these events, um, and you can sign the deal right there on the spot instead of going through a tedious nine months uh face um so i believe we can really deliver value here uh the reason why i'm doing it with with you guys um yeah we're three white males so for diversity is not really uh, really good um uh, but we all have a very big um, network in the games industry we personally know 
most of the buyers uh, personally or in a good relationship with them, um, I think we can actually make a difference in the games industry. And I think in this whole COVID-19 situation where lots of game developers are doing uh, well, but also a lot of them with games that are not out there yet, uh, but more in earlier stages or, or uh, middle stages of the pipeline, um, could really use that. So that's why we chose to um, act quick and move fast and launch Game Sentinel. Yes, this has been very fast. Somebody asked me this morning, it's like, oh, wow, how long have you been working on this? And I was like, uh, three weeks. <laughs> it's it's one of those that, you know, we have the benefit of, of being as experienced and, and connected as we are. And I think we've got what, like 70 years experience between just the three of us in doing yeah. this. Yeah. And, and, and so it lets us move quickly. It, we, we already know what people need the most. We do that through our, our normal, you know, jobs that, that Ed and Fedora and I have, you know, we also do this through the, the surveys that we send out to developers for our digital events. You know, we're always talking to, you know, all sides of the coin to find out, you know, what do you need? What are you looking for? How can we make your life easier? Because, I mean, quite frankly, that's the job that we're in. You know, our job is to make everybody's life easier in this industry. And so this is like the the next one. And, so, and universal currency that we're all short of is time. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what position you hold. All of us don't have enough time compared to what we have to do. So if we can save a lot of people time, there's a value in that, you know? So Ed, who are we looking at as, as our target users? You know, one of the problems that we see with a lot of these, these platforms is you can't really go in and say, your job title is not there, or it's not really clear, you know, who do you see as, as the target users for the platform? You know, and how are they going to be split up into into buyers and sellers and all that kind of good stuff? Sure, sure. Well, the buyer and seller concept is 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 where is the right place to start talking about it because, you know, obviously if you're a buyer, it means you have funding to get a project made, whether that project is a full game project, you know, like you're 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 putting an RFP out into the you know, circulation so that you can find the right development studio to bank it, or it's an art outsourcing project, you know? You're the guy that's responsible in the organization for sourcing the vendors that you want to use, okay? You may not have final decision-making authority, but it's definitely your job to be that point person, okay? So all of those people would be in there as a buyer. Sellers are obviously the people that are responsible within an organization for looking at all the opportunities that they have and for deciding which ones they want to pursue. So on the publisher level, okay, you know, uh, you may, your buyers of full game projects and stuff might be your biz dev uh, or acquisitions person. Uh, it might be, you know, a VP of publishing, you know, as far as titles go, it's whoever's kind of a member of that green light committee that's evaluating properties, right? Um, but inside publishers, there's also 
other buyers that often exist, like the producers and executive producers. Once games are in development, usually the producer is making outsource decisions and supporting vendors decisions relative to getting that game to market, whether it's QA, localization, you know, external art support, sound music, whatever. So the idea here is that when someone is setting up their contact profile, they're focusing not on what their company does, but on what their role in the company is as a buyer and or a seller. Okay, and then all the individual roles of the people that register at a company roll up to the company level. In other words, you know, you see this guy deals with mobile, you know, he does, he sources the mobile games and this other guy is the PC console game guy, you know? So you get rid of a lot of that ambiguity and just the way the people make their selections in the profiles. Then when you get down, you know, to, um, uh, the the seller categories, the people that are selling services, again, it might be a business development person, it might be a marketing person inside those developers, okay, or it might be the, a CEO or a founder, you know, whoever is actually performing the role. So the title is less important than the role, but that should give you a sense of the audience who will find this valuable, which is the, the the decision makers themselves and the people that are in direct support of those decision makers to find product and do other things supporting that. Make sense? Again, yeah, of course it does. Again, <laughs> verbal pick. Okay. I, I do my wife does it and therefore I do it. I do the very same thing. The um so another thing to point out here is it's not just, you know, if you are going out and trying to find a publisher for your game, I mean, oh, this no. is going to open up so many opportunities to, you know, companies in South America, Middle East, North Africa, who, you know, even Southeast Asia, all of these companies who do fantastic work on the audio side or the, you know, art side or specialists in design, We've got, you know, roles for all of those companies in there. And it's, and this, the reputation thing is key because it's always the concern that you have about any company you're getting ready to get in business with in this industry. And until now, there's been no real way other than getting on the phone and actually talking to people and saying, okay, I know you worked with this company. How were they? There hasn't been a good way to do it. And, and so now we're going to have a, a global ecosystem of companies that can be, you know, sourced and approached and every, it's, it's going to even the playing field so much for everybody. And you'll be able to give, you know, accurate feedback on how things are doing. I mean, can and, you talk and, a little more about the, about that reputation system? Because this is, this is something that no one else is doing. Well, what, what I, what I really like Jay about the idea is that it goes both ways, right? So uh, reason it's not only about that developer or that outsourcing studio or the audio company that's doing well or not well. Uh, it's also the other way around. Um, is the client actually uh, uh, demanding more than he's paying for? Um, yeah, the buyer. The buyer. The buyer. 
yeah. yeah. Um, there has been a couple of uh, negative things about some publishers and publishing deals lately in the past year. They will all become transparent, and this will change the industry for the better. And, right, so, you know, and the inverse of the inverse is also true. You know, I know companies and and people in this industry that have made mistakes in the past, done shit they shouldn't have done, and you know they got completely blackballed for it, and and you know constantly run down. Sometimes those companies stay like that. I know some that have actually improved, learned from it, turned it around. This is going to give them a chance as well to say, hey, look. You know, we're not that company anymore. We we have you know changed internally. We're better to deal with, and you know it's you're right. It's, it's going to make sure everything's on both sides. So, I mean, what kind of checks and balances are going to be in there, you know, to ensure that this works like that? Well, first off, you you, you can't allow ratings from anybody except confirmed buyers and sellers, right? Now they can be historical buyers and sellers, but you have to have a process of confirming that these people have worked together, right? And and that means that uh, nobody can artificially inflate or deflate anybody's rankings, you know, um, just because they're competing with that company or something else, right? So, so that project validation piece is important. The other thing, you just mentioned it, you know, when it comes to working with a publisher, you know, a publisher's ratings can be edited and updated. You as a seller rating a buyer, you know, if you're in repeat business relationship with that buyer, you can update that rating over time, positively or negatively, based on the changes that have occurred. So it's not just that they always have to overcome this. Their dynamic ratings is what I'm getting at. They don't stay static and then you have to do something different. You know, you can modify them over time. The person who created them can modify them over time when things are resolved, you know? And, and, and just to go a little deeper on what Fedora and you were saying in terms of the types of things that would be on a ranking of a buyer, yeah, it's what's their expectation relative to the value, you know, that, that's being conveyed in the contract. It's how, how well do they manage feature creep, you know? How timely are their approvals? You know, if because you know as well as I do, if, if people are late approval, getting approvals over, you, you it may cost you a lot in retooling milestones in progress to incorporate late feedback, you know? And timeliness of payments, royalty reporting, are they good about it? Do they suck at it? You know, do they even all, do it? <laughs> all of these things, all of these things, you know, are fair game. And people are already talking about that kind of stuff amongst themselves. Okay. It's just there's nowhere where it surfaces from the community as a whole. And that's the power of a platform like this, you know? And and the the seller ranking of a buyer, they isn't, you know, it's, it's, it's masked in that aggregate thing. So you don't have to, in the aggregate ranking system, so you don't have to worry about retribution between a seller or a buyer and a seller for some of these comments, you know, being incorporated, so to speak.
so we don't have to deal with you know somebody getting review bombed because <laughs> XYZ right. company didn't like them. Basically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you got to have a system that's fair. Now, listen. In all fairness to the people out there listening, we're doing our best first stab at this. Okay, and, and try to make this as 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 have as much integrity as possible. Now, we're not, we're human beings, we're fallible, okay? You may see something in your your use of the platform to where it could be even improved more. We want that kind of dialogue with our audience because this tool is for the entire community. You know what I mean? And the more that we actively use it the way it's designed and improve the design over time, the greater the value it is to all of us. Yeah, I mean, it is. And so, you know, we're going to be constantly out there, you know, talking to, to developers and publishers and, and, you know, outsource studios and, you know, ad companies and all this to find out how we can improve it. You know, we're not going anywhere. You know, this isn't some operation that popped up a year ago and is, you know, out there spamming people on LinkedIn. You know, this is, you know, me Ed, and Fedor. We've been doing this for decades. This is long term for us. You know, we wouldn't be spending our time on it if it's something we weren't passionate about and we didn't think it would work. And so, you know, we want to know what you want to see in this stuff. And obviously, you know, we need to get it actually actually live first, but you can go over to GameSentinel.online right now and go ahead and sign up, get your spot booked in there, and then you'll be in the loop as all the stuff, you know, continues to come out and, and grow and all that kind of good stuff. Do we have a target time, a, a spectrum for, for, for launch right now? Yeah, I mean, I think we can get the, the platform up in, in initial form in another 30 days or so, okay, uh, with, with, you know, the core components are company pages, contact pages, okay, project pages, and the feedback systems. Right, and so getting when when you go in as a new user, uh, you will be able to see company data already pre-populated. See, because we've aggregated a lot of our data already, we know you know who the buyers are at Ubisoft and what they're looking for typically. All right, so a lot of that stuff's already going to be in there. Uh, people's you know, roles are going to be somewhat predefined, but then it's a case of everybody coming in, claiming their profile, optimizing that profile, because data is static to begin with, but it's dynamic always. So it's how the community goes in and manages their profiles that ensures that, you know, we really are working from one Rolodex over time and everybody's working to keep it current and the, the, their buyer and seller interest current and all of that. I wanna back up and, and put in one other thing when I was talking about project postings, because we haven't really said much about project postings yet, okay? When it comes to, I don't think I covered this point, but when it comes to um, 
buyers putting a project out. Not everything has to be public, okay? It's just like the current RFP process. There's two kinds. There's open RFPs and there's closed RFPs. An open RFP is, is promulgated broadly and the, and the buyer is looking for as many relevant companies as he can get to pitch that back and then he'll pick his favorites, okay? A closed RFP is brought to guys like Jay or me, or you know, and 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 somebody says, "Hey, <clears throat> I w I know you guys have these teams. I want this one, this one, and this one to bid it." You know what I mean? And nobody else gets a chance to. So in our system, it'll be the same way. You can post a project that is public and available for everybody that's appropriate to it or you can send a project by invitation only to selected members that you've already filtered in the system. So um, so going back to it, you're also gonna see projects, some projects pre-populated, because we do all have client bases as well, you know, and, and then every, people coming in will be able to start posting their own projects. And importantly, Bill, the most important thing that people can do when they first come in is get feedback on their work history. Get the people that they work with to give them rankings because that's you put that work in in the beginning, it's going to increase your rate of appearing in searches and stuff based on real reasons, not fake reasons, you know? So that's really where we want people to focus first is because that'll showcase the power of the engine best. And we're gonna have a nice little ticker at the top that shows you how many projects have been placed, what the dollar value is, all of that stuff. Oh, and by the way, we're not talking about taking commissions on anybody's projects with this portal. That's not who we are. All right, well, we got a question in the chat here from Ron Moravec on YouTube. Hey, guys, thanks for doing this. I believe most larger publishers like EA have their own internal platforms that have the functionality you mentioned here. How do you get them on board? I don't think it'll be any problem at all. We've talked to a lot of them, actually. You know, I mean, it's if you're talking about things like the EA central repository, where, um, you know, people, internal studios go to uh, Lauren Freeman for outsourcing recommendations. No, I'm not suggesting that we, we are replacing that, okay? But at the same time, once those recommendations are made internally, they still reach out to studios. And having a platform where it's easy to get to all the studios you need in the world. It's like a directory, okay? This isn't rocket science. If you look at the licensing and, industry and merchandising industry, there's a Lima directory that's published every year. Now, people pay several hundred dollars for that directory, okay? But it's, it's a phone book for the industry, you know? Everybody's email, everybody's phone, you know, da-da-da-da-da, and it's updated all the time. All right, same thing with IMDb Pro for the film and television side. So, you know, these kinds of add-on things which make it easy for people to stay connected and not have to go through 14 sources, or even Lauren would love the fact that she doesn't have to email 42 people to get what she needs. <laughs> Lauren could put up her profile and say, 
hey, you know, how many times do you think she's repeated the same phrases to development studios about what they need to do to get into the EA system? If she had just a page on here on her profile that says, here's what you need to do to get into the EA system, right? And you could just download the forms and do it, and it automatically is sent to her, and she doesn't have to go through all the back and forth on email. I, I think she'd like it. There, there's never going to be a complaint from from you know the big companies like <laughs> EA and Activision and 2K and all of these if we give them more options to find good teams. I mean, if that were the case, they would have had the same database and the same list of contacts for the last 20 years, and they would have never grown it. You know, they're looking for economical, you know, easy ways to go out and find, you know, new studios, just like everybody else is. Yes, they have their internal platforms, but they still have to, you know, populate that. And so that's what we're doing. I got got several requests from them right before Christmas of specific things they were looking to find and asked if I knew any of those people. So it happens all the time. So, uh, Dexter over at Twitch says, you know, what he just, he came in late, so I'm I'm gonna sum it up for you real quick, Dexter, and then of course you know you can ping me on on Discord if if you want the details. So he says, you know, he got here late. Is it sort of a B two B IGDB? Um, our friends over at the uh, Internet Game Database, the or no, what is it? What's the? I always forget the I part. IMDB. No, 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 no. the IGDB. You know, the oh. folks over there. So it it is where that's based on the games themselves we're basing you know irons is going to be based on you know the companies and the individuals because you can sign up for as a company or as an individual you know and and the other big thing that everyone i know everyone's going to ask is aside from the cost because i see those questions popping up too and we'll and we'll get there a little bit but you know what happens when these platforms launch and there's nobody on them that's not a problem here you know, between my team and and Fedor's team and Ed, there's there aren't many, many people in this industry we can't reach. And so, you know, when you go on there, you know, people you are, will need to get in there and claim their accounts. But it's not going to be an empty database when we launch. Yeah. And and not only that, Jay. So because uh, what if there's nobody from the start, or what if it becomes an abandoned platform in the long run? And it isn't going to be an abandoned platform because we are putting the valuable content on there. We are putting those RFPs off uh, on there uh, uh, through our contract contacts. Um, so we make sure that it's valuable to come and check it out or you'll get the notifications when stuff comes out. There will be value on there and the value will be much larger than whatever you need to invest as a, a subscription model to be part of it. Um, and I think that that is where one of many parts where we are different than what's currently already out there. Um, it is really about where are the projects. Uh, so on one side, where are the projects I can work on? Where's the money that I can use to work on my project versus what do I need from this industry to get my project done? Um, you know, there's all projects are evaluated the same way by the buyers. Okay. There's three gateways. One is how good is the creative? And only you can control that, all right? But the second gateway that they always go through is, 
does the team have the experience to realize that creative vision? And that's a much harder, that due diligence piece, we're trying to simplify that in you being able to really showcase your past work history and people give you real rankings based on it. And then the third gateway is price. And price is always a function of geography and seniority, okay? So people will pay more for great creative, but they'll pay the top end of what's in the spectrum for your geography. So it's all going to be consistent with those kinds of criteria throughout the platform. So if you focus on managing your reputation, you're gonna get through and, and having great creative, the rest will sort itself just fine, you know, to where it needs to be. And another important, very important thing about this is when you're going one-on-one -on -one with a buyer at the show, all right, people are inherently polite. And, and as a developer, you know, they're not going to offend you because they may not like what you have right now, but you could be bringing them command and conquer two months from now, and they don't want to offend you. But that polite interest, you know, oftentimes leads developers to spend a lot of time iterating, creating more demos and stuff like that on properties that really aren't going to go anywhere because you always have hope that you're going to find that publisher and other people are stringing you along in not necessarily a malicious way, but the net effect to you is not positive. So it's important for you as well to know, hey, there's only 30 publishers that fit this profile in the world and 22 of them have already passed. Do I really want to keep going forward with this or do I want to come back with another idea? You know, all of that's relevant. So, uh, Starbuck had a question. It says, interesting concept. Are you basically trying to see this as, an, as aimed towards newcomers or existing vets? I can imagine people that have been in the game have their contacts and relationships. You are correct. They do. And it's constantly growing. I mean, we I've been doing this for 20-some years. You know, the short answer is it's aimed at both. But, you know, in the 20 years that I've been doing this, we still have to update just our publisher list twice a year. Truth is, it gets updated every single month, but there's only so much bandwidth we have to, you know, put that thing together, make it look pretty and get it out the door. But this is constantly changing. You know, 10 years ago, there were not 750 plus possible publishers out there. There are now, you know, the industry is constantly moving, is constantly evolving. People change jobs, companies change roles. You know, it's, you can't, ever have a situation where you're just sitting there and looking at something that's static because that's not the way the game works you know everything is constantly moving and this is going to give everyone you know not just folks like like me and, and ed and fedor but everyone the opportunity to keep that updated as well but and like ed just said this goes beyond you know just pitching your project if you just sit there and you have an idea for a game and you're like, okay, well, we're going to need like $600,000 to do this. And you can sit in your internal green light meeting and go, all right, well, let's pull up game Sentinel and plug in how many publishers out there are going to fund a game on this platform in this genre for more than $600,000. 
instantly you know you know is this something we want to pursue like you know ed said if only 30 publishers globally are going to be looking at it or is there something that's you know a bigger market out there that we can go with so i jumped in there we have a lot of questions so i'm just <laughs> okay questions um also from, from starve over on youtube how do you three make money on this? What's the business model? Are you charging the publishers or the posters? Uh, you, I guess you want to get into the cost thing here? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's okay. the next question. Everybody's gonna have. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> might as well do it all in one swap, right? So we didn't start in a vacuum, okay? We went and, and you know, I mean, in all fairness, each of us have successful businesses where we are okay so we could survive just fine i've survived 41 years without this portal i could survive however long god gives me till you know the end without this portal but the portal is a way of giving back as well this is more than just we see this as a business opportunity this is we see this as a legacy as something important that needs a paradigm shift for the industry that needs to occur, okay? So it just makes everybody's life easier. Now, having said that, when we came up with the idea of it, and this is percolated with me, I, I, I've launched portals in the past. We did Happy Puppy in 1995. That was the first video game-oriented platform portal of, of all time, okay? And we were out evangelizing publishers and, and people that were making games that they needed to buy banner ads on our thing. And they said, what's a banner ad? Okay. That's the beginning of the, of the World Wide Web, right? So anyway, uh, when it comes to the, the portal piece, we went and we talked to people and we said, look, if we build this thing that has this kind of functionality and, and, and gives you this opportunity you know, and when you compare that to what you spend on going to shows and everything else, how much would you spend? And the answers we got were all over the board, okay? But the lowest answer we got, the lowest, was $100 a month, okay? And some people said thousands of dollars a month because the fact of the matter is if you go to more than one or two shows a year, you're spending tens of thousands of dollars traveling there, getting a hotel, you know, jacked up food prices, everything else, you know, and, and you're going to end up with less potential opportunity than you can get through this platform. So then we talked amongst ourselves and we said, what does it really take to run this thing? You know? And the answer is, we believe we can do this with, you know, a limited membership at around 50 bucks a month. All right, and an unlimited membership at around a hundred dollars a month. So, I think it's extremely cost-effective. No matter, and and by the way, I've talked to teams in countries that are not based in the U.S. dollar, where you know a hundred dollars a month is not insignificant money, and they've all said, "Yeah, that that sounds totally fair for this kind of value." So that's kind of where our target is, guys. I mean, to, to put it in perspective, you know, laying cards on the table here, you not only have, you know, the cost of going and doing these trips 
you know, all, all these travels, and we've talked about we talked about this on the last show. You know, you're looking five, ten grand just to go to one show a year. That's not counting how much you know you're paying your biz dev person. You know, the opportunity cost that's that's absolutely key. You know, by the time co- leading up to and then coming back from a show, because we all know that week after you get back from GDC. It's a clusterfuck. You know, you're trying to get caught up on everything, no matter how good our tech is and the fact that we can email people from airplanes. Traveling is is not a, you know, seamless business anymore. But, you know, there are companies that pay, you know, Ed and I in particular thousands of dollars to do this sort of stuff. And so, you know, this is a much more economical way for a lot more studios to get involved. You know, and, and so that's part of what, you know, it goes along the lines with the stuff that we've been doing with indie game business. You know, we're trying to find ways to make the business of this industry more accessible to more, you know, companies. Um, you know, and, and start up your, your follow-up question. You said geography shouldn't be a function of price if you're talking about a global industry of people doing the same work. How do you not end up with this turning into a data mining price suppression? The reality is geography is a is a factor you know it it has been for 20 years it's not going to you know change you know there are more factors than simple costs that go into a publisher choosing a you know developer or even a developer choosing a developer let me let me expand on that okay Uh, game development is not a commodity art production is not a commodity there's an individual talent and style you're looking for in everything you do, right? Now, what when, when we say there's a geographic consideration, it's a realization that, you know, the baseline cost that people have to pay internally is lower in Brazil, for example, than it is in Southern California, okay? So what a publisher's thinking about is a reasonable margin and everything else, right? So they look at a studio first, again, for the creativity first. Do they have the best idea? Then they'll gate them within that region, okay? So if it's in South America, you're probably not going to get twelve dollars to $15,000 a man month like you would in Northern California. Okay, but then again, there's the number of buyers that are willing to tolerate that is limited. Okay, but you could get, you know, even if you're out of pocket for the studio was, I'm going to just make a number up three grand a man month. You can command six or seven and still have a nice profit margin. And you're actually going to have more profit margin than the guy who's charging 12, but he's based in San Francisco. So you have to look at it that way, too. You know, it's not a commodity-driven thing. It's not we're going to go to the lowest possible bidder because low bidders, the buyers that have been in the process any length of time know that you can't do apples to apples on man-day rate alone because each studio has efficiencies as well. That's why you see a a move for project bids and other things, because you have to factor that in. Somebody that might be $500 a man day 
but can do it in half the time is better than a $300 man day studio. You know what I mean? So yep. I like this summary. So basically it's an online version of game connection or meet to match. Let's get that real clear. Meet to match meets IMDB meets agency with a Facebook twist. Does that okay. sound can we work Bambi into that too? Which one? Godzilla. Bambi or Godzilla? Let's yeah. get that. <laughs> yeah, and Glassdoor. If you look at yeah. Glassdoor with uh, referral things. Hmm. That's actually, yeah, that's a good one. I was trying to think of a good one that had, had ratings on there, but but Glassdoor is a good one for that, you know? So, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's open to everybody. We're not segmenting this off, and, and we're not going to charge you 50 or 100 bucks right in the door. You sign up for a month of this thing when it goes live, and it's free. Yeah, go in and register on the page now. You're going to get a free account when we go up on live, and and you can start populating your profile and doing all that stuff and see what the value is. You know, we might run it for a month. We might run it for two months. We haven't decided yet. But And then you'll put in a credit card, and you'll have a program. You'll pick a program, you know. But we want to demonstrate value. This is not about uh, getting you to buy a pig and a poke. You know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Anyone else in the U.S.? I didn't. I wouldn't even have thought someone else in the South that you haven't seen before. That's that's the terminology. Pick it a poke. Sorry. I mean, I know what it is, but like, I'm in the, the U.S., the south of the U.S. I mean, that's you know, stand, standard nomenclature around here. Um, so yeah, I mean, go sign up for for those of you who aren't online and, and watching the stream live right now. You know, for all of our friends out there in podcast land, it's GameSentinel dot online, and Sentinel is spelled S E N T I N E L. I've learned that in the last three weeks. So, you know, if you've got any other questions, you know, toss them out here. We're, we're closing up on time go sign up you know you're going to get first run access to a system that is built by people who have been doing this for a very long time and and, and here's the key to me it's not that we've been doing this for a long time but it's the fact that all three of us have been in slightly different modes and areas of the industry over the last, you know, 30, 40 years. And so we're not coming in and saying, okay, well, this is what we think we need because we are a publisher, or this is what we think we need because we're an agency. This is what we're seeing from all sides of it. You know, I've, I've been a developer, I've been a publisher, I've been an agent. Fedora's been running conferences, you know, for however long, a decade now, and then more than a decade, yeah, yeah, and and he and I have been running the digital events, you know, for over a year now, and then Ed, God, Ed, Ed, you've been around since you There's had games in magazines. Everybody's, everybody's waiting for me to die. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't do it for like the next two months. All right, can we go? Stick around. It's you know. We are, it, it, it's, it's underestimated in how much time that we've actually put into this, you know, and, and I laugh and I talked to uh, Lloyd the other day and, and told him what we were up to. 
And I said, you would have never convinced me 20 years ago when Ed was like my straight up competitor that, you know, in, in 2020 come along, we're all working together on something, but we are because we all see the value in it and we know how much we can help the, the studios out there. So, yeah. And, and the fact of the matter is, you know, I also, first, it doesn't threaten any of our core businesses because what we do is a lot about a lot more than just, Hey, here's who you need to talk to. You know, it, it'll absolutely shut down the people that call themselves agents who are really nothing more than looking for a finder's fee. All right. And it should shut those folks down. All right. But, uh, but what we do is much more value add on our individual businesses and, and, this is just the byproduct of a lot of conversations with a lot of people and listening to a lot of, gee, I wish I could. You know what I mean? And just aggregating that up into and, and helping it to be realized for the benefit of everybody, you know? And I enjoy that stuff. We do. I think I it's, we wouldn't be doing this after this long because no. oh God, we would have had enough sense to get out and do something different by now. Um, but yeah, if you've got questions, throw them in chat now. We'll answer them live. Or, you know, you can find each and every one of us online. Well, except Thayor. He's had a long day. He's probably conking out, you know, in, in a little bit. But, you know, we're, we're all going to be around. We know, you know where to find us. Um, any final thoughts, Fedor? No, well, there's there's one thing to what for this platform, which is kind of um, uh, not receiving a lot of um, uh, attention that I that I really like is that because I'm coming from events and events are often carried by suppliers uh, uh, to the industry, um, but seen by a lot of people as being obnoxious and continuously ramming gazillion meeting requests to a lot of people. Um, and this is this platform is here to help them too, because finally you now know who that payment specialist at that big game company is. So you will not bother that publishing people anymore. You will just talk to the right people. So even for them, it makes maybe less potential contacts, but more valuable value in that one or two or three contacts that are actually there for them to talk to. So it's really quality over quantity, also from the supplier side. Um, so I think that everybody in this whole industry benefits and um, that, that, that alleviates the whole industry as a whole. So that's yeah, what makes me yeah. happy. The other thing I would add is we're not going to ask you to change all your other systems. You know, in other words, if you're used to using Skype, you can list Skype as your platform of choice. If you use Dropbox for your files, you're not going to have to put them in Dropbox for some people and somewhere else for us. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be able to just put your links in, hook up your own backend systems, whatever your preferences are for video conferencing, for everything else, and it'll just work with our tool. And, all right, and so this is a, an aspect of it. And good point, Fedora, by the way, because this, I think we do get trapped on this show into talking about the benefits to, to developers. But you're right. How many of these events do you go to 
where you know the, the suppliers the service providers out there you know sit down they start going through meeting options and everybody has listed in there we are not meeting with service providers during this event this is absolutely a way for them to find the correct people because in in reality you know the ad monetization guy is not the one sitting there taking the meetings for you know new games to publish you know, and I think that's who ends up attending a lot of these events. But, you know, now all the suppliers, all the companies with tech and things like that can find the right people internally. Uh, and then, Ed, you brought up something that we could probably go another hour on, but but we won't. We will, we will just touch on this. You know, we're planning and building ways to, you know, not only facilitate connections and relationships, but to make your life simpler. DocuSign to get your NDAs done, you know, Dropbox or whatever source that you should have in there. There are tools that we're going to facilitate so you don't have to constantly be, you know, running around trying to figure out, you know, systematically what's next for your company and what you need to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. Transfer your meeting details to an event where Meet to Match is at, uh, that kind of stuff, right? So it's really about making your life easier uh, in all facets, wherever we can. All right. Ed, you got any final thoughts? No, um, except I would say this. If you like the direction we're going, share it with your friends. Let them know. Ask them also to come in and sign up for a free account and have a look, because we really want to see the breadth of people that we get, you know, from outside our own circle, immediate circle, you know, and um, and we'll give you we'll give you uh, as early an access as we can for the people that are registering right now. Bring in a closed beta or whatever, because this is your platform too. But another comment from from Starbucks. He said, "That's the pitch. It's old school guys coming together to make something that removes the friction from the business development process. Exactly. Legacy plus expertise exactly. plus online. <laughs> so, what, yeah, what thing? He he's going to be writing our our press release later today. That's the um that that's the other aspect of this. <laughs> oh, okay. Super awesome. cool. Well, all right." Thanks, guys. Ed, I always say it's early for you. We know it's early for it's early in Hawaii. It's not early for you. It's normal time for you. No. And 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 Fedor, you you've had a long day. We're going to let you all, you know, get your rest. We're going to keep working on this side. We've got go to gamesentinel.online. Sign up, get registered. You'll be, you know, first to know, first in the loop on all this stuff. Uh, and then otherwise, find us on our, you know, our normal channels, you know, on, on Discord and, and Facebook. And we'll be setting up profile pages for all of this along those lines in the coming days as well. So, yes. Yeah, join us on discord.gg slash indie game business. And if you are watching this live, you can also check out all of our other podcasts at anchor.fm slash indie game business. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, there are. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. You know, have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we will see you on Friday. Yeah. All, all right. All. Bye. Take care. Stay safe.
Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.